Welcome to Coaching Out Loud podcast with Danielle Pyle. Inspiring conversations with changemakers, influencers, dreamers, celebrities, community leaders, and everyday people. Coaching Out Loud podcast empowers people to achieve their full potential. Coaching Out Loud podcast is the unscripted missing link in the life coaching world. Danielle Pyle, a millennial, a coach like no other. She is your girl next door, devoted to inspire, educate, and push you into your destiny. Stay tuned for a new segment. Coach Danielle Powell, the founder of Singles Who Pray. At this time, feel free to share, 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 share. Um, Dr. Kimmel, can you share in the group? Because I can't share because I forgot I'm not uh, I'm in that group yet. So everyone, I am Coach Danielle Powell. I am the, the, the founder of Singles Who Pray. We're in collaboration with Dear Future Wives. We have Dear, we have um, the, the founder of Dear Future Wives with us today, Dr. Adia Kimball. As you guys come in, tell us where you are from. Share, guys. This is going to be an awesome, awesome discussion. This is our book of the month. We have our book, which is Praying for Your Future Husband, Praying for Your Heart and His by authors Robin Jones Gunn and Tricia Goya. And we are so excited to have them. They are 
well-established authors. They have written many books. They will talk about that soon. Many books, guys, like over hundreds of books. So we are so glad that you guys are joining us on today. I'm going to introduce my co-host, which is Dr. Adia Kimball. She is a licensed clinical Christian therapist. She is the founder of Dear Future Spouse and Their Future Wives Facebook group. So we're going to get into the bios. Yes. Well, I would like to introduce Trisha Goya, an amazing, I mean, I've known you for just a few minutes, but I can just tell that both of you are some amazing women. Uh, she is a speaker, a podcast host, uh, US Today, um, best-selling author of over 80 books. And one of the things that was the most uh, impressive was that she's not only a wife, but a, uh, she's also a mom of 10. Amazing. Three biological <laughs> children and seven adoptive children. That is such a blessing. And she loves to uh, mentor writers through uh, Write That Book Club. So she's also uh, closely, you know, close to me. And uh, she's from Little Rock, Arkansas. And just a blessing and a joy to uh, just getting to know her. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you for having me. I love being here and getting to know both of you. Yes, yes. Awesome. You guys have beautiful spirits. I'm just so excited just to connect with you guys. So let me read um, Robin's bio. Robin Jones Gunn is the best only author of over 100 books. She is best known for the Christy Miller books, Glenn Brook, and Sister Chick series. Four of her novels have been in Hallmark movie, Christmas movies, my favorite. <laughs> Robin's memoir is Victim of Grace, along with Praying for Your Future Husband, co-author with Tricia Goya, which we're going to discuss today, and are the most popular of her 10 nonfiction titles, which include gift books and devotionals. Her books have appeared multiple times on the ECPA bestsellers list, and her work has both been finalist and a winner of Christie and Gold Medallion Awards. She's a frequent keynote speaker at international and local events. After li living in Maui <laughs> for a decade, Robin and her husband recently moved to California to be closer to their grown children and four grandchildren. And she is, she sold 5.5 million books, guys. Wow. Let's give it up. Let's give it up for these amazing authors. And they're continuing writing Christian books and just amazing books. So we are excited about tonight. So as you come in, please feel free to share. For some reason, I couldn't share on my personal page. So I need you guys to just come to this, to my, my public page and share it, share the word. So. We're going to start off with an uh, uh, icebreaker question. So what is your favorite Christmas movie? Well, I have to say, the Father Christmas movies that Hallmark did based on the novels I wrote, the Father Christmas novellas. The first one is Finding Father Christmas, and then Engaging Father Christmas, and Marrying Father Christmas. So it's hard to say which is my favorite of all of them. <laughs> And it's super fun. In um, Finding Father Christmas, Robin is actually 
in the movie. You can see a little Ooh, clip of her. I, <laughs> I, I just yeah. watched him again when I was wrapping Christmas presents. <laughs> and I did a screenshot of Robin and then our, yeah. our agent, Janet Grant. Um, so it was super fun. I'm like, there they are. <laughs> and I love I love Robin's movies. I'm watching, like I said, I'm watching them again as I wrap Christmas presents. Um, I also love It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. Is Ooh, my yes. favorite classic. And then we're we're all about Elf around here. All through the year, we're telling Elf <laughs> jokes. So we love Elf. That's a yes, great one. Yes, yes. That's awesome. So Dr. Campbell, what is your favorite Christmas movie? Uh, Christmas Story. <laughs> <laughs> yes, awesome. That's good. Yeah, oh, that's a classic. That's a classic. It My is. favorite Christmas movie is Home Alone, guys. Like, mm. I watched yeah. I don't know if that's considered a Christmas movie, but that I watch that every year, all year round. I just love it. So that was that was awesome. That was awesome. So um, everyone, as you come in, please feel free to share and like the broadcast and tell, share the word. So we are going to get into some questions about the book. And I just love this book because um, this when I first like rededicated my life to Christ, I wasn't thinking because I was like happy, you know, getting a husband and everything at that time wasn't on my mind. I was just, you know, trying to, you know, get back into, you know, getting to know the getting to know God, reading the word and just, you know, serving in church. So a husband was not on my mind. But then like God started to really give me the desire to like want to be married and things like that. So I looked for the, I think my my sister, she's probably on. She's she just said hello. She got the book and then she told me to get she said, girl, get this book, get this book. And we both read it and we were like, oh, because we, we we weren't really like, you know, focused on, you know, trying to, you know, get married at that time. But when we got the book, it was like, oh, we get it now. Amazing. I love the discussion, questions, and also the activities in the book. It's just so many different great things in the book chapters. I'm not going to say everything because you guys need to get the book. <laughs> buy the book today <laughs> but i'm going to share a little bit about the book but you guys need to get the book it's a blessing it will be a blessing to your life the ones that are waiting praying for your husband this is a great guide so what inspired you to write the book praying for your future husband and preparing your heart for his one of the first motivations happened when i was in brazil and I have the Christy Miller books that are translated into Portuguese and they are published in Brazil. So I was invited to go down and to speak in the schools and churches. When I was there, I walked into one of the schools and there were 350 Brazilian girls in this public, or I mean, in a private school, all in their uniforms. And when I walked in, they all started screaming. And the translator said, you're a rock star in Brazil <laughs> because they, there are just so few books in the Christian market for right. girls that they can really relate to. So then um, when I was standing in front, I said, why don't you have the girls ask me a question? And the first girl popped up and the translator looked at me. And after he heard what she said, the translator thought, oh, he, he said, I don't know if this was a good idea. She wants to know. All the girls in Brazil are reading your book. They're giving their lives to the Lord. They're making good decisions. They're holding out for a hero. And they're just trying to honor right. God with their lives. But none of the boys in Brazil are reading these books. So what should right. they do? And I know that was the Holy Spirit that gave me the answer right then because I just said, okay, girls, this is it. You mm -hmm. get to pray. Like, get on your knees and fight like a girl. You pray that 
the Holy Spirit would do a new work in this generation and draw these young men to himself and that he would raise up leaders and it was quiet in the room. And after about (laughs) 10 minutes, my little talk was done and I was ready to go on to the next school. And some of the girls ran to the back door and they linked arms and barricaded and wouldn't let me through. And they told the translator, we are the girls of Brazil. We told the principal that we wanted to pray. And she said we could come into the cafeteria here every Friday after school and pray for the boys of Brazil. They won't even know what hit them. (laughs) And that was just this kind of beginning. And then Trisha and I were at a retreat together and we were sitting Mm -hmm. out during the break time and I was writing in my journal and Trisha had kind of nodded off and she popped up and looked at me and said, we should write a book together. I said, okay, what should we write? I have no idea. (laughs) Trisha just said we should write a book together. And then she'll tell you what happened a few months later when we were in Montana. Yeah, so a few months later in Montana, Robin came up to speak at a conference up there, and we were staying at this uh, wonderful house that a friend had, and we wanted to go into the hot tub, and the hot tub wasn't working at this house, and it was like a guest house, a very, very nice guest house, and so our other friend, Joanna, that was with us said, well, I'll call the owner and see if we can get it fixed, and the owner said, well, just come up to our main house, and you can use the hot tub there. We walk in the doors and there is a young woman and a toddler and the the guest the the one that maintained everything on the house was there and we barely got in the door and this young woman said it's you it's you and i'm like what i don't know what you're talking about and like two years prior um i had been speaking in a different town completely different town and i had talked about my story about praying for my future husband after i was a pregnant young woman i had rededicated my heart to god and started praying for my future husband and she wanted to have an abortion but she said after i heard you i decided to have my baby she had been pregnant she said she decided to have her baby and start praying for her future husband and she said and this is my son toby and this is my husband dave and we were like our hot tub didn't work. And so we had to come up here and here she was. She's like, I usually don't even come with him when he comes to work at the houses. And it was just that moment Mm -hmm. after we talked about it, we're like, okay, I was praying for my future husband as a pregnant teenager. And Robin was also a young woman praying for her future husband. And we just knew at that time that this was the book that we had to write. Wow. And that's what I love also about this book is that you guys have two different perspectives, mm-hmm. you know, at that time, two different worlds. And sometimes we need that sometimes because sometimes we see, you know, different, um, you know, the walks of Christian life. And sometimes we try to see like, where do I fit in? Can I, you know, do I fit in with you know, this lady? Do I fit in with this person? So I like that you guys had two different perspectives and you guys came together and it flows so perfectly. Like it's your perspective on your, you know, different prayers that you said, and then, and then it's Tracy's prayers as well. So I just love how everything balanced out. It's just such a great balance. And then other people of different walks of life can relate to the book. So thank you so much. I tell you guys publicly, thank you so much for writing this book. It's amazing. And one of the things that I love about the book is that it's um, scripture based. It's very important to, if you're gonna be praying to make sure that you have scriptures to back up what you're praying for. Chapter two, it talks about um, one of the favorite things is true love begins in the heart. 
And it says the best place for you to begin to pray for your future husband is in the garden of his heart. So my question is, um, how does a single woman pray for the heart of her husband? Yeah, and I think that's such a good question because we always think about what career is he going to have and what kind of lifestyle are we going to have or all these things. But really, everything in his life is going to come out of his heart. And I think as a single woman, I i mean, I was 17 and pregnant and started praying for my future husband. Ended up marrying the pastor's son. So that worked out really well. I started going back to church. But really, when we pray for his heart, and we're praying for him to get in right relationship with God, then we know we are praying that he'll be prepared for us, um, that he'll be prepared for you know the patience that he needs to deal with us or the whatever it is going on in his life. Um, praying for his heart helps prepare him for us, for the future, for whatever God has. And I had no idea when John and I, when I met John, that we now we've been married 31 years. We had three Two, you know, two more kids. I had one when we got married. We've adopted seven kids. All the things I prayed for his heart has played out in much different ways than I expected. And so we can never picture what's going to happen in the future, where we're going to end up, where we're going to live, what career choices. But when we pray for his heart and we pray for him to be filled with the spirit, filled with you know, love, peace, patience, joy, all the things in his heart, that will impact every part of his life. Exactly. <laughs> wow amazing i just love that that was so powerful so i live in new york city right and you guys have to come one day it's a little fast everyone is fast here we have fast food fast cars fast people everyone does not like to walk slow in new york city so if you walk slow in new york city someone is going to get frustrated and they're going to walk past you <laughs> we have fast trains it's we have everything is just so fast and we don't have patience here. It's, I'm just keeping it real. We don't have patience here. So as singles, sometimes we are impatient. We are impatient in the wait. Sometimes the wait can be hard. Um, being real at, at, this, at this moment, it could be hard. It could be frustrating. And sometimes we lose hope and we get weary. And we, we are like, why, why do I have to wait this long, God, for my husband? Why do I have to um, why is everyone else passing me or, you know, everyone has their own, you know, struggles and their own thoughts as singles. So I love that you have a chapter based on patience. So what are some ways that a single person can cultivate patience through their waiting season? Okay, this is so fun because this morning when I was looking for another verse during my quiet time, I came on upon Second um, Peter 1, 5 and it, I pulled it up on my phone and I was really trying to get second Peter one, three, but I went to one five. So this is in the message, which I don't usually read. And I thought that is so perfect. I'm going to see if I can share that on the interviews. So this is it. Don't lose a minute in building on what you've been given, complementing your basic faith with good character, spiritual understanding, alert discipline, passionate patience. Isn't that good? Like be passionate about your patience and about building your faith. Um, reverent wonder, warm friendliness, and generous love, each dimension fitting into and developing the others. And what just seems so clear, and this 
if I'd come across this when we wrote the book, I would have included this, but it's that sense that we're whole people. We're being developed on every level, spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally. And so for us to enter in and say, I'm all in God, I want to be available for whatever your best is for me. And I'm willing to be passionately patient because I know that you're asking me to not just have, okay, I have faith in you done. No, it's this in second peter 1 5 it's your basic faith is to you that you're adding good character spiritual understanding alert discipline passionate patience reverent wonder warm friendliness generous love and each dimension is fitting in and developing the others so it's really foundational it's not just i want what i want when i want it and god you if you love me you're gonna give it to me because i've been trying to be a good girl. No, no, no. It's it's that walk of faith that is going to make you into the best version of you. And what a gift that will be to the man that God brings into your life. You're complete. You're whole. Amen. That is so good. Amen. I totally agree. Yeah. I love, love, love that scripture. You can put it in your next book. <laughs> I think that would be a good title just for a book on its own. Passionately patient. (laughs) I love it. Okay. So I have, you know, I think I purposely got the hard questions, but that's okay. (laughs) I love this challenge. Okay. So um, I know personally, you know, anytime I'm talking to singles, I always ask them like, what is your five must haves? You know, in your book, you talk about the list. And, you know, five is really small to some people. Some folks got a whole laundry list when it comes down to praying for their future husband. But what are some areas do you think that singles need to focus on when creating their list? Because oftentimes, you know, it's like we focus more on the outside more so more than we do on the inside. So share it and tell us what you think about it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to get to that. And I, but I've got to tell an awesome story first, because it's just the best. So I work with young moms in inner city Little Rock. And we were talking about this list, this very question that you were asking. And I would say, okay, now, and these are inner city, they have a lot of struggles, a lot of single they come from single parents they're single parents young and i said okay if you were to write a list of what you would want for your future husband what would you put and they're like not in jail i'm like okay (laughs) not in jail doesn't do drugs i'm like okay doesn't do drugs i'm like let's think of positive traits and they're like loves his mama i'm like okay we're getting somewhere loving character and so we started you know patient and hard worker and all these things and we got a probably 30 things on there because once they realize like okay let's let's look at some of the positive characteristics and i said would you be interested in a husband like this and they're like yes you know patient and kind hard working gentle all these things they're like yes yes sign me up where is he and i looked at the list and i said okay to find this type of person what are you doing to become these things they're like miss trisha you tricked us <laughs> you tricked us because all of a sudden they saw yes we want to make the list and we want to have those things but also we need to look at ourselves and see the type of people that that we need to become for that future husband and so on the list you know first of all a heart that loves god 
Um, and I think once we we pray and praying for someone with a heart that loves God, because if they love God, when we're having conflict, we know that he's also going to God and God's going to talk to him. We don't need to be the personal Holy Spirit there um, that God can talk to him and, and talk to his heart. And then, you know, just gentleness and patience like we were talking about, because life is hard. There is, you know, we talk about, you know, that that moment and finding that future husband. And even after you get married, there's conflicts and there's hard things to deal with. So having that that patience and that kindness and on my list was always a good sense of humor, which it makes a huge difference when all of a sudden you're like they could either blow up in anger or they could search for humor in it. And so, again, it's not, not, you know, six foot tall, dark hair, dark eyes, (laughs) muscles, plays an instrument, all those things that outwardly um, really it it is looking at the heart and seeing that they love God and care for others and hardworking and all those things that we can pray for. And then also look at ourselves. How can I be more patient? How can I be more kind? How can I connect with God and have a, a deeper relationship with him, even as I'm preparing and praying for my future husband? There was a girl that read the book and uh, she actually lived in the town where I lived at the time. And I saw her at the grocery store and she came up and she said, there's one part of your book I don't agree with. And that's that, you know, you were saying that with in the Bible that God um, wrote about how he he told David that man looks on the outward heart. Or No, no, I'm, I'm getting it mixed up. But, you know, it was the story of David and how God selected him to be the king. And that verse there is that... Um, God, man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. And so we put that in the book that we need to start looking at men at that heart level, not just the outward appearance. She said, I do not agree with that because I mean, my list is, and she went through it and it was so specific. And then I said, well, did you read that part also in the chapter about how it really is not going to matter if you're really sick and he is just so got the right hair color everything else but he doesn't have anything at the heart level to care for you or you know what if your finances just all go and he's just looking really nice but he has no sense of commitment to pray for you as a couple and it just sort of changed the little conversation she goes well i didn't read that part i saw her again a few weeks later and she said i tore up my list because you're right. I look at my parents, they still love each other. They've been married a long time. Neither of them are particularly <laughs> attractive, you know, in my estimation, but that the way they are a team and love each other, that's what I've always wanted. And I just had it from so much social media and so much input from friends and so much everybody telling me he's mm-hmm. cute. You should, you know, her focus was just all on the outward. So that's where the list when it changes to those inner qualities, there's just such a humbling for the woman to feel like I I want what God wants rather than what I think I want. And then he probably will give you both because he's like that. <laughs> wow, amazing answers. And yes, that your book has helped me because my list was, crazy. I (laughs) had to really like look at myself and just 
change things. Like, of course, you know, I, I believe God is still going to give me what I need and some of, you know, what I want. And I really had to focus on, like you said, the heart, um, how they love God, how they treat others, you know, how they, you know, just, you know, just how they walk with God. Cause you know, we want someone that's tall, six, five, you she's really going tall, tall. <laughs> I had I had a crazy list. I had six feet. I I used to like my my first real boyfriend. He was like six eight. He was a basketball player, and I God had to change my heart and my list because that person wasn't great for me. So mm-hmm. I'm I love you guys' answers, and we have to as singles we have to really look at you know certain like God's going to give us someone that we're attracted to. We don't have to worry about that part because we'll we'll love them, and we you know so ladies get the book and really read about the list it's it's very great instructions and it really puts things in the proper perspective when it comes to um you know the list so thank you guys for that so i love that and one of my assignments and this goes right into the next question about you know your heart and just being um how we think and one of my assignments as a single is to empower singles to thrive in their singleness and to be content and their singleness because one of you know my journey of singleness i wasn't always content in my singleness um god had to really work on me in that area so i can be able to you know um help singles mentor singles and empower them so you know single singleness is a journey of being content so what are some ways uh, we can be content in our singleness oh so many so many good ways to be content and i think understanding i think one thing that has helped me is that realizing that God loves me more than anything and he has good plans for me. And if his best plans for me at this moment were to be with somebody, then that's what I would have. And so knowing that he is crazy, God is crazy about me. He loves me. He has this good future planned for me. And just knowing that that he is completely when, when the time is right, when the person is there, that he will make it possible. And it's so funny because I was the one that was dating the football player. I was, you know, the, the jock, the handsome guys, and I ended up pregnant as a teenager. So all the things that were on my outward list, I got, and that person was gone as soon as, um, you know, I became pregnant. And um, it, it, here's a funny story that kind of goes into this. Um, I would go to church once in a while, you know, just to kind of stay on God's good side. But really, my heart was not in it at all. And my husband, John, who's I'm married to, been married to for 31 years, when he saw me at church, he asked his mom, he was in the military and he was there on leave. He said, who is that? And she's like, that's Trisha. Stay away from her. She's trouble. And uh, which I joke about it now because now she's my mother-in-law. But the thing about it is I had been so impatient trying to find what I wanted that I ended up in a very heartbreaking situation because I had not been content and I had not trusted God. So really that contentment is trusting God, how much he loves us and how much he has planned for us. The good news is, tying into that, once I during, during my pregnancy, when I gave my heart to the Lord and said, God, whatever you have for me, Whatever your timing is, I just want someone who loves you and will love my child. Um, It was actually his mother who saw the difference in me because suddenly I wasn't just going to church just to go to church. I was there. I was worshiping God. I was going to Bible study. I was connecting with God. My focus was on God and my relationship with God. Then my my now mother-in-law was the one that was setting me up with him. 
She's like, you should go ask Trisha on a date. And so the person who just a few years before had said, stay away from her. She's trouble. Um, once I realized like in God's timing, it will happen. And I will just be content in building my relationship with him. Then, um, you know, then God was brought my husband to my life, but I hadn't, my heart hadn't been ready for him before I was trouble. And so just trusting that God loves us and he has that good plan for us. And Trisha has a wonderful husband. I mean, that's so awesome. I love it. Yeah. God answered her prayers every day, every single day. I'm like, I am so thankful for this man. And we have 10 children. Like we're exhausted all the time. There's always something happening and he's so patient. And he's so, he wasn't feeling good the other day and the girls wanted to go to the mall. He took our little 11 year old and 13 year old to the mall. And I'm like, what man would do that when he's not feeling well? He's like, well, I knew they'd have a good time. I'm like, yeah. So knowing God knew, and I had been impatient, mm-hmm. but God still, thankfully, <laughs> thankfully when I gave my heart back to him, um, gave me the desires of my heart. And I have, I have a wonderful husband also. And there was a conversation I had with a young woman who was engaged and there were certain things that were starting, you know, you get to know the person a little better. And she was starting to have these doubts because she was kind of like, well, he should be my best friend and he should do everything I want to do. And he doesn't like the same restaurant. And it was just this chance for her to see that the contentment is really in the ebb and flow of the relationship. Mm -hmm and not in the trying to tame somebody or make them like you in every have the same interests and tv shows your husband's not your best friend he's your favorite person but he is not this that same kind of relationship it's it's a very sacred union and she and i started talking about that and about two weeks later she came back to me and said I think my problem was I was being entitled. Like I did all these things right and I saved myself for my future husband and I was just trying to check off my list of my check, you know, being a good girl, good Christian girl. And so I based my contentment on whether or not I measured up. And then when I started to have any questions, I I was just feeling like I'm entitled to have everything the way I want to have it. It was a huge revelation. If more young women would see that early on in their relationship, it it gives that man the freedom to be fully who God is calling him to be without them trying to, you know, do things the way I think you should. Or I always dreamed ever since my first Disney movie, I thought you should be like, you know, this, so that there's this expectation. Contentment cannot thrive there it's just always this struggle of you have to be who i want you to be instead of i receive you and accept you just for who you are oh those made-up things in their mind my one of my teen daughters is like if my future husband doesn't cry when he sees me coming down the aisle i'm turning around and walking away and i'm like then you better not even date anyone right now because (laughs) you set these things up in your mind and yeah no don't even go there She's not dating anyone, so we're good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love that because we kind of we hidden on uh, the misconceptions that we have, mm-hmm. and I strongly believe that there is a lot of them when you talk to young women, you know, especially um, the younger generations um, about what they what their expectations are, and you know, versus what reality really is. 
So I would love that we're kind of hitting on misconceptions because um, I feel like where a lot of people miss it, where a lot of young women miss it is, like you said, they've looked at, they've romanticized um, Mm -hmm. their list and what their future husband, what they're desiring from a future husband. And oftentimes they overlook the good guys you know yeah they've overlooked you know or friend zoned a lot of really great guys because of that misconception um my thing is go look again you know because sometimes you know you are overlooking someone that god has already ordained to be your husband um so give us some advice give us some women advice when they have a misconception you know um about who they're looking for what they're you know, what their goal is, because I feel like that the misconceptions in the Disney movies and even, you know, the misguided direction, you know, of their heart is keeping them single as well. When they could, you know, God had someone for you, but you can miss it because your whole concept and your whole mindset is completely off. So what do you have for young women nowadays? Yeah, well, I think with the misconceptions, thinking of who I dated, like the guys I sought out and the guy who God brought to me mm-hmm. are completely different. I grew up in a house where the the sports channel was on 24-7. There was always football and basketball, and we my brother played sports, and we were at sporting events. I was a cheerleader, um, and so, like, I was attracted to the jock. I dated the quarterback. I, you know, it's like that It was my idea of the type of guy. It was almost like... Um, before High School Musical was around, it was the cheerleader with the jock and all those types of things. And my husband, I think we watched the Super Bowl once the whole time we've been married because we were over somebody's house. He is not the jock. He, he calls himself a computer nerd, but he, he supports this big family on his computer skills. So that does good. I think when we get on our mind, like when we watch the movies, like it's this type of guy that likes this types of things. Um we think that that's what we're drawn to. But when, again, when we're looking at the heart, you know, the first time John ever took me on a date, he wasn't trying to make out with me. He wanted to know my interests. He wanted to know my dreams for my future. He wanted to hear about, um, you know, my walk with God and all of these things. And I realized like I had been looking completely at the, at the wrong thing. And my, even my misconception of the type of guy that Mm -hmm. I was interested in was, completely wrong because I adore my husband now and we we get along great and we have great conversations and every day where we go on walks and we talk about things and he wants to know what's happening in my life um it wasn't like oh my goodness he can make the touchdown and all these things um so it was that misconception of just that again that Hollywood thing but another misconception was with prayer just even with praying and I love this quote that we have in the book from Mm -hmm. Oswald Chambers it says it's not so, it's not so true that prayer changes things is that prayer changes me and I change things. And so once my heart started turning over to God and I instead of reading the scripture, I'm like, yep, I need him to be like this. Mm-hmm. And yep, I need him to be like this. The misconception was, again, I'm praying so this other person will change and all these things for me. Instead, it was like, ooh, how do I need to change? And how do I need to be gentle or even be honest? I felt like so many years I like had to hide or I had to be perfect. And God changes my heart. Like, no, I can confess when I'm, I mess up or I can confess when I do things wrong. And so the more we allow 
prayer, not just to putting that prayers on someone else, but allowing God to change me. Um, he'll show us our misconceptions and he'll show us. It says, you know, Jesus said, um, I am the light of the world and he will shine the light in our hearts and show us those things. Also, um, Psalm 137:23 says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and see if there is any wicked or wrong thing within me. That's one of my favorite scripture verses. And just in this last year, God has shown me when it says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know what is in me. It's not just the things that I have in my mind, but maybe things that other people have put in my mind. Things that Hollywood has put in my mind. Things that romance novels have put in my mind. Things that do not need to be there. Those misconceptions. Pray that prayer and ask God to search me. And there was even a time when I realized like, oh, I still had those romantic feelings like for that first love or whatever. God was like, we need to dig those out. We need to get that out of there. Those were not the right feelings, even though, yes, you're the cheerleader. He's the jock. So even in my marriage, he's been like, we got to get rid of this. We got to work on this. And and so really it is change and search my heart um, and get all those misconceptions out of there. Absolutely. And there's this place where we change when we stop being so inwardly focused and we start focusing outward. And uh, Tricia, this, this quote, I wish we'd put it in our book, but... Maybe we'll put it in the next one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is um, Thomas Merton from No Man is an Island. But it's so, okay, here it is. The beginning of love is to let those we love be perfectly themselves and not to twist them to fit our own image. Otherwise, we love only the reflection of ourselves that we find in them. I mean, <laughs> that really gets me. Because we do that with our girlfriends, we do that with our Trish, with Trish and I can say this with our children. Like we we love when we see our kids reflecting how we would think or how we would do things. But if we're gonna love, I mean that's what we're talking about, is truly loving, then it has to be that you're accepting that you're that the beginning of love is to let those we love be perfectly themselves and not just that we want them to reflect us. That's how we see so many of the stories like Trish was talking about being that the couple thinks in these role models we see, TV, books, that the couples see a reflection of themselves in the other person. Oh, that's my favorite too. Oh, I like pasta. And then they think they're so good for each other rather than letting that person be completely themselves and let iron sharpen iron. Yes, sparks are going to fly, but you're going to be sharp and ready to do damage to the kingdom of darkness. <laughs> wow, powerful, powerful points. Thank you so much for that. I think we have about two more questions. Did we talk about understanding? I don't think we covered that. No, I don't think so. Nope. No, I don't. Oh, okay, we didn't. So, um, okay, so yeah, so we need to definitely cover this question. <laughs> Cause you know, in relationships, like even like, cause like I always tell my singles, singleness is a journey. You learn a lot about yourself when you're single, you, you have to, you know, do the work while you're single. It's, it's good to, you know, get to know yourself, spend time with the Lord. Cause the Lord was sent, you know, show you things about yourself that, you know, you need to know so you can change and grow and things like that. And also when it comes to understanding other people, and I always tell singles when you are in your singleness, 
serve because when you're serving, you are dealing mm-hmm. with people. I used to work in every, my family, you know, we, I grew up in ministry, so I served in every department. <laughs> so when you're around like parents, kids, different people, different personalities, you have to be an understanding person. And I do believe you need that in relationships. When you have a family, when you have a husband, when you have a wife. So I want you guys to tell us how can we improve as a single person? Because you have a, a whole chapter of under, about understanding, being mm-hmm. understanding in a relationship. So how can a person develop, improve, excuse me, their understanding? It's so helpful to have friends that are good mirrors to you so that they can mm-hmm. speak back to you what they see in your thinking or in your actions. And I think understanding comes when we're open to taking that outside advice because understanding isn't really something we can stir up inside us because we're so prejudiced toward what we like or what we think is good but to be open and to have friends that speak the truth in love and to be able to say to them i invite you to speak into my life the things that you see i need understanding i need to see what god is calling me to or what you see that is off track And when we can take that and have, and it should be a relationship where it's back and forth, not just when I've had friends like that, they would love to tell me everything that's wrong with me. And then I just happened to point out, wow, that was a really sharp comment. Oh, don't tell me what to do. So you need a friend who's with, you know, that goes both ways where you have that freedom to speak. And then you can understand, okay, thank you. I didn't, I didn't see it. I was too close to the situation. Yeah, and I think also understanding, just again, remembering that the understanding comes from the Spirit. Um, Colossians 1.9 says, We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of His will through the all the wisdom and the understanding that the Spirit gives. Yeah. And so many times I'm like, He did this, or she did that, or whatever. As I pray and take it before God, they go, Well, did you, you know, Remember something he faced in his childhood. Of course, he might react that way. And the spirit can give us insight and understanding that is not from us. And it can change our heart. It can change our mind. Um, and it can help us see that there is often more going on in the surface. I realize, um, you know, with my husband, when he is tired, like this is not a good time to have a good conversation. Let's not talk about deep issues when he's tired or when he's too hungry. God has given me understanding like, okay, well, we'll come back to this tomorrow or whatever. It's just understanding the other person. You can understand more about their personality. What And I'll even tell the kids, they'll say, like, I need to talk to them. I'm like, he's really tired tonight. He's been working all day. He had lots of work problems. Let's, let's talk about this tomorrow. And we need the spirit to guide us and help us understand more about the situation maybe that we can't see, but the, that God can reveal to us from his spirit and understand about the person and what what really upsets them, how to communicate well. I would always be so fearful of getting angry that I would like run to the bathroom and not want to talk because I was afraid something bad was going to come out of my mouth. And my husband felt like I was abandoning him. <laughs> and so the Holy Spirit just reminded me, like, you don't have to say the perfect thing. Just let him know I'm upset right now. And I'm like, I did. And he's like, okay, I understand that. And I'm like, wait, that works. Like, and so I think in your relationships, just understand that God can reveal and help us understand each other even better. And that his Holy Spirit is there to guide us. And it's really just a prayer. Like, I don't know what to say in this situation. I don't know what to do in this situation. Um, but God can give us the wisdom to know how to handle those things. 
Yes. Amazing. Thank you so much for the powerful responses. Mm -hmm. Guys, I hope this is, has been such a blessing, guys. I know you guys are commenting, saying that this is blessing you guys. Feel free to keep sharing. If you are just coming on, this is the book of the month. We are, um, this is the book of the month, praying for your future husband, preparing his heart for, preparing your heart for his. We have the authors of this book, guys. This is such a great, a special live event. We are being so blessed by um, this, um, this session right now. They are giving us great knowledge, wisdom, biblical principles. So stay tuned with us. So at this time, we're going to have, are you, do you guys have time for Q&A? Absolutely. Okay. okay. All right. So <laughs> girlfriends, singles who pray, everyone, all the singles who are here, please, at this time, we have amazing authors here with us right now. So if you have a question, please put it in the chat and then we'll go from there. And again, this we have um, authors Robin Jones Gunn and Tricia Goya, and they are here to tell us about their some of their new projects and also to talk about their book, Praying for Your Future Husband and Preparing Your Heart for His. Oh, just by way of announcements, I'm going to give away, we're going to give away two books to the singles group, Singles Who Pray and Dear Future Wives. So let's talk about the giveaway really quickly while you guys write your questions. I have to find the rules. <laughs> so we will give two books, one in Singles Who Pray group and one in Dear Future Wives group. In order to um, join the contest, you have to follow both authors, like their pages. They, we will um, post it in the comments um, after the live. And also you must share the broadcast and you must be a part of the two groups to be involved in the contest. So join the contest, guys, and follow these amazing authors. So at this time, feel free to um, ask a question, Q&A. And we could also mention our book. Oh, yes. We're, yes. we're working on a new time. book. Yes. Robin, do you want to yes. share more about it? Well, it probably started four or five years ago in a conversation that Trisha and I had that we heard from so many girls that read Praying for Your Future Husband, the book of the month that we're talking about tonight, and that the preliminary book had not yet been written, but we wished we'd gone back and just sort of written a book about how to prepare your own heart and be ready for a serious relationship. So we started working on it and we have the same agent and we were able to move forward and it's really been fun to work on right now we're calling it before you meet well is it before you meet i think before meet? you meet him before you meet him you know these preliminary things you go back and forth but before you meet him and it's set up as a devotional so we have 30 questions and 30 prayers and we want those readers to come to the book saying oh this is bite-sized i can get through this every day i'm going to read one of these little devotions that either Trisha or Robin wrote and read the verse that goes with it. And then I'm going to answer the question just for myself that she's calling me out on something here. And when I answer this question that I'm going to pray, we're going to add prayers in each section that you can choose to pray along with. And it will work well for a group that wants to get together and go through each of them. But we see the benefit to start there and get your heart right and get your thinking right and um 
just to be able to enter into a relationship with, okay, I have a lot to give rather than what's so typical of give to me. I've been waiting mm -hmm. for you now. Give me everything I expect you to be to me. Poor guy. <laughs> we, have a big, we have a big hole in our heart and we need you to fill it. Well, that was not his job. God yeah. intended to fill your heart. And, you know, of course we want to go through life and have that relationship with the future husband, but God wants to be the one filling your heart. We don't need to put that pressure on these guys to fill our every need. And it's really everything we we're talking about today, the contentment and the understanding and that balance in our life. And if we work on that first, Oh, again, what a gift you are to that man when God brings him into your life. And you're, you'll be able to see the deeper value in him rather than looking on the outward. It's because you really know at the heart level what matters. So, yeah, we're kind of excited about this book because we think yep. it's really going to be that first level of preparation. And then go on, read Praying for Your Future Husband. It will make a lot more sense even. Okay, I see a question. Yeah, so we have a question. So how do you, and thank you. So I'm excited, Hope before I ask the question, I'm so excited about this devotional and I'm, please let me know when it drops so we can share it and everything because I'm so excited. We need this, the single community. So we're excited about it. So how do you know that your future husband was the one God had for you? That's a good question. Well, I shared about this in the book because I was engaged before I met Ross and well, actually I had met Ross, but I got engaged to another guy. I was in love with him. We went to Bible college together. I had the wedding dress in the closet and the invitations were on order at the printer. And he came over and said, I just realized I don't love you. I don't think I ever loved you. I can't marry you. And it just, deconstructed everything I ever thought about trusting God. I'd grown up in church. I'd gone to a Christian college. I thought I'd done all the right steps. And to have just that kind of a rejection and, and to have to sort out what was wrong with me or why he I wasn't lovable, all of those things. So uh, even though I had met Ross, we were working together. It's just like you were saying, like, serve, get out there. And I was working with junior high kids and I was on a bike ride with them and he was helping out with the guys and he was on the bike ride and I didn't really look at him with open eyes. I was very judgmental because he was kind of a wild man and really, you know, crazy with the kids. And I was like, oh dear. <laughs> um, during the two years from when I met him, was engaged and then disengaged, and then when we connected again, I had gone to Europe and I had had these amazing experiences. I had a chance to smuggle Bibles into what was then Czechoslovakia, which Trisha and I connected on that too, with her daughter living there now. And my eyes were just open to what really mattered in life. And when uh, Ross and I connected through a mutual friend again, we just started talking and talking and talking and talking. And it was at this heart level. There was no, I didn't feel like I had to impress him or say everything right or try and just be the life, you know, just cheery and everything. It was just raw and honest, which is how he was at the very beginning. But I wasn't used to that. It was more 
it was more common to be around people who were putting on a front. So it was just one of those very natural, like I cannot imagine a day in my life without you being in it because it's just the ebb and flow. And when he asked my dad if he could marry me, my dad turned to me at the dinner table and he said, so why do you want to marry this one? <laughs> and that was my answer. I can, I just cannot imagine any day of my life without talking to him and doing things with him in ministry. And we really are, we already were walking along the same path. And then it was like, we just got closer and closer and we continued after we're married. Does that make sense? I'm kind of, yeah. <laughs> but when your heart is already there and that matching heart comes alongside, it just feels such a flow. And that's how, that's how I knew it was a completely different kind of um, expectation than what I had the first time I was engaged. Yeah. Oh, so good. And when I met John, like I mentioned, I was pregnant when I started praying for my future husband. And um, I said, Lord, just bring me someone that loves you, that loves me, that will love my baby. And the day Corey was born, I was 17 years old. And I had been going back to church for about four or five months, um, just really giving my heart to the Lord. And the day he was born, and I'm going home from the hospital the same day because I was 17 and like, I'll just go home today after I had this baby, walk out of the hospital. <laughs> but that night, my grandma called and said, uh, John Goyer's coming to see you, which I thought his dad is also John Goyer. I'm like, oh, pastor's coming by. No, it was his son. And he worked with the singles at church, and he brought a teddy bear and a card, and he said, if there's anything I can do for you, I'm like, hmm, you're kind of cute. Um, so it really was immediately loving me in a friendship way at that time, loving, you know, caring about my child that I just had. He loved God. He, he was on the worship team at church. He taught in children's church. Like once I like got out of the football player, whatever jock thing and like, you know, cool dress and all the right clothes and the cars and all the things. I'm like, this is someone who is serving in church, who is good to his family, who brought over a teddy bear the day my son was born. And really, he was just, that's who he is. He was just being a nice guy. Um, you know, he had no thoughts. I would just had a baby. He had no thoughts of, you know, let's go out on a date. Just had a baby. But later, I just realized, like, he's that type of person. He's just going to care for people. He's just going to serve in church. We served, we've done children's ministry together for over 20 years. Like, so it's, again, like Robin was saying, it's our hearts that are like-minded in service and, and mm -hmm. loving God and loving kids, because we've continued to add kids to our life, um, that has really made me see, like, okay, this is someone, and he didn't dress cool. Like, he had a beat up car and actually he asked me on a date and then said can you pick me up because my car's broke down <laughs> so all the things all the things I had been like looking for before God's like okay yeah he doesn't have the car he doesn't dress cool but he's serving me and loves me and I'm like okay I'll come pick you up for a date and so again getting our heart off of those outward things to who he was and he, he was serving in ministry and he loved God and he was willing to accept that I had a child and oh. has been a great 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 dad to all of our kids. How long did you all date? That's another question that's in the chat. How long did you all date before you got married? 
Um, ours was very short. It was less than a year. And I think it would have been longer if we were younger or if we hadn't already experienced quite a lot of life and been in, living independently and being, you know, out of college. And Ross was actually in um, seminary. He was finishing graduate school. So, yeah, it, it was pretty quick and never, never looked back, never regretted. I mean, we've had terrible debt, you know, there have been terrible times and everything, but never that, um, oh, well, the reason things are rough is because we didn't date long enough or we did no, that none of that is, it was more of a, when you know, you know, for us. And you just it, yeah. Yeah, we dated uh, four months before we got engaged, and then we got married after nine months, <laughs> so less than a year. But I was like, I'm not letting this guy go. <laughs> like, I brought him into my life, and yes, thank you. <laughs> See, I have that same testimony. We met uh, mm -hmm. March of 2015. Um, we started dating April 2015. August, he proposed. November, we got married. So all three of us, see ladies, I'm trying to tell you, don't take God long. So yeah. by this time next year, you never know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Danielle's like, yes, yes. Well, I, 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 did, see, I got three confirmations. It don't take yeah, God long. Do. It don't take I did a study um, with this book. I gathered a bunch of college girls a few years ago and went through this study. And they all had that same kind of concept of you need to date them at least two years to know everything about them. You know, this whole thing. And I just put out there for them to take their hands off their timeline and to let God direct that and surrender even that. Like, our, we are living sacrifices. We're always turning over to the Lord, every area of our life. Why don't you turn over your clock your timeline and let him and of the eight girls that were in the group um three of them were married within a year and um uh, there are two others that are already married and one is now engaged but it was just like this this flow of getting into the flow of what god was doing instead of trying to tell god come and Bless what I'm trying to orchestrate here in my timing. Um, yeah, and it was really fun. They were going, if we hadn't had that Bible study with you or, you know, gone through praying for your future husband, we'd probably all be still dating and evaluating and picking him apart and trying to see if there's somebody else better over there. And, you know, it's like get about the work of the kingdom that you can do together with these godly men that God's brought to you. Yep. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of Henry Blackaby's quote, which is see what God is doing and join him. Yeah. Um, we have all our ideas of this and this and this and this needs to happen. And God's like, I'm moving in this direction. Why don't you just jump in? Yeah. Because um, God is already, already there. You guys are blessing us. Listen, we needed <laughs> to hear this today. Like, Thank you. Thank you. See, someone else has to say it. And I'm so glad that you guys are just, you know, on the same path. You guys have the same perspective on just, you know, get busy to the works of God, what God wants you to do. Everyone has a different purpose and a different path. But while you're on your journey, getting closer to the Lord, the, the Lord will connect you with someone who you can 
you know, further the kingdom with. God wants people mm -hmm. to come together two by two to further his kingdom. So you guys are just blessing us on today. They're going <laughs> crazy in the comments. I just love it. So we have another question. He said, what are some of the things that you did when you had a, oh no, I'm still single moment. I like this. <laughs> yes, Kimi, <laughs> the single blues. Well, I, I definitely had a moment after I'd been engaged and then disengaged where I, again, friends are so valuable. And I called my friend Luann and we went to a restaurant. I couldn't even eat, but I said, I, I just don't like everything has crumbled. I don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. The whole future is just blank. And she said, we need to go somewhere. And I said, where are we going to go? And she said, where have you always wanted to go? And I said, well, I always wanted to go to Hawaii or Austria. And she said, I've already been to Hawaii. Let's go to Austria. And we did. We, we planned it. I sold my car. We got on a plane with our backpacks. We met up with other girlfriends there. I went to a Bible school when I was there, smuggled Bibles. I was there four months. And that was the resetting time. So there wasn't time. I got into the flow with others. And I, and I expanded my horizons and did something I always wanted to do, go, go to Austria. I loved it. And it was in that that I was so um, sort of leveled in my expectations that every day I could receive from the Lord what was next, what was next, what was next. So when I came home after those four months, I was reset and I was ready and I got a great job and you know, eventually started seeing Ross and there was just that, don't fear, don't, that's the whole thing, don't be afraid. And to just have anxiety about nothing, but in everything with prayer, supplication and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And then that peace of God that surpasses all understanding really does guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. And, and there's, there's, so little time for blues because you're like, well, I got to go do this. I, <laughs> you're in motion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And for you me, I had been. Singleness. <laughs> for me, I was the teen mom who my boyfriend broke up with me. I dropped out of my regular school. I was finishing my credits at home. My friends were going on, you know, my cheerleading uniform was hanging in the closet. And so every, like that, everything I knew was gone. I was depressed at first. And then I'm like, God, I said, if you can do anything with my life, please do. Like, here you go. I'm depressed. And it was the sweet old ladies from my mom and grandma's Bible study group that surrounded me. So I went from hanging out with my cool friends to <laughs> sitting on my grandma's couch at Bible study and seeing these women pray and seeing these women love God, seeing these women, whatever was going on in their lives, turning to God in prayer. And sometimes I'd fall asleep on the couch, <laughs> but I was surrounding myself with people that knew God and love God. And that really changed my perspective of not what am I going to wear? Where am I going to go for the weekend? And who am I going to hang out with? Or all those things. It was like, wow, these older women. And I, and really it was, if they can still love me, if they are pouring themselves into me, maybe God still loves me. Maybe he has someone from me. So, I mean, it was not this exciting thing. I was sitting on my grandma's couch with her Bible study group of praying women that were down on their knees, praying for me, praying for the things in their lives that really kind of got me to see that there's, 
it, it's not just about the things that I had been focused on, but there is a God that can care for us and that can impact every part of our lives. And so, um, and it really is those, and those sweet, sweet women, um, just their love really opened my heart up to the love of God and the love of, of my future husband. Well, and we put apart the book about a friend, a mutual friend of ours, Janet, who was in her 40s and still no prospects. And she just thought, well, what do I want to do? And she really liked to do things on weekends or go to a concert or, you know, go on a picnic. And so she went to um, the leaders at her church and said, I'd like to start a singles group primarily for activities. And I'll set them up and have signups and organize it and everything. And that's where she met her husband. But she was in the flow of doing what she loved to do instead of waiting. I hope somebody comes sometime and asks me on a date to the theater or <laughs> takes me on a picnic. She was going, I'm going to do it. Invite everybody to come with me. Mm-hmm. And oh, look, he's kind of cute. <laughs> yeah, I think all and all of us are you know saying like we weren't sitting at home. We were connecting with other people. Mm-hmm. We were. I mean, I was sitting in children's church watching John lead children's church, and I was like, wow, that is so cool. He's like loving on these little kids and telling them about Jesus, you know. So um, it is when we're serving, when we're out there, when we're connecting with other people, when we're, like Robin said, doing things that we're going to be doing anyway and inviting other people, that's where we can really connect with others. I love that. That is so beautiful. And I love that. Um... Miss Robin, that you added that at that uh, testimony of the lady that was 40, because we get so many um, mm-hmm. people that say, hey, you know, I'm 40 and I'm 50 or my biological clock is ticking. So I appreciate you for adding that. Now, I do have a tough question. Um, <laughs> I told y'all. <laughs> <laughs> this is for um, this is for either one, but Trisha specifically, because you said that you had um, a child prior to what do you what advice do you have for the person that may be living or walking in condemnation because of their mistakes mm. and they may feel like you know what i don't even feel worthy to pray for a husband because of the things that i've done what advice do you have for um someone like that oh that is such a good question i was thinking about that like i want to make sure i talk about this i'm so glad you brought it up because i did feel like i'm never going to be able to like my life is over i'm never going to have a good guy a good guy is not going to be interested in me and so many of the young moms that i mentor they feel that way like i already got a kid or two kids or three kids like no good guy is going to care for me and really we have to get to the point again of forgiving ourselves um yes i made mistakes but just because I made mistakes doesn't mean God can't do anything with my life. Like God is bigger than my mistakes. His forgiveness is bigger than my mistakes. And just submitting myself completely over to him and saying, um, I trust that you love me, even though sometimes I don't feel unlovable, even though I feel like my mistakes have made me unlovable. Um, and my when when John first noticed me and, you know, he wasn't even really thinking about asking me out at all. But you remember, he he saw me before and his mom said, stay away from her, she's trouble. But when he started noticing me just as a person, like as a friend, I was just worshiping God. I was focused on God. And that made me attractive to him. And I had a big old belly. I was pregnant. And he wasn't attractive <laughs> at, in the romantic way yet. But he, he was beginning to see my heart. And just trusting, like, no one is perfect. And I think we always kind of weigh our sins and say, oh, I had a baby. 
or I had a couple kids or I was not living how I should. Every one of us can say that. Every one of us has made mistakes and understand that God's forgiveness covers all of those things and truly accepting that we are loved and we are forgiven and that God has good play, good plans for us no matter where we are, no matter what we've done. From this moment, we can to- totally turn it over to him. And it has gone through stages because I also had an abortion when I was 15. And it took years for me to, again, forgive myself for that, realizing like I was in darkness. I was trying to find a way out. I wasn't turning to God. And again, forgiving ourselves and realizing like everyone has messed up and God's love and forgiveness covers all of it. And we can trust him completely. And once I was walking in that freedom and walking in that joy and walking in that peace and loving God and eager for his plans for me, that's what attracted John to me. Like that first date, he's like, what are your dreams? Or, and, you know, and it wasn't like, oh, I don't know. I have made mistakes. It was, well, maybe someday I want to be a teacher. I'd love to travel. Like he, he grew excited about me fully expecting God to do good things in my life. And so don't feel like I'm a horrible person. No one will love me. Um, but just truly know that God loves you and has good plans for you. Awesome. Awesome testimony. And I just love that. Cause like, you know, many of the singles, we all have different journeys. You know, some of us, we may have kids or some of us, we may have, you know, not always been saved like myself. I grew up in church, but I was like, you know, in the world, I was a party girl. I was just like living my life. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes we do feel like, oh, we're not forgiven. And we don't feel like we fit in, you know, the even if it's in church or in a certain, you know, church click or whatever. But it's so good to hear your testimony because there's someone out there that may feel like, you know, they're waiting. They have kids mm-hmm. and God will bring you a great husband who's going to love your kids and love you as well. So, Thank you so much for that testimony and just thank you for encouraging us because sometimes we do feel like we're insignificant mm-hmm. because of, you know, we, the sins that we are past and maybe our past is years ago, but we still harbor, you know, mm-hmm. the shame or, you know, whatever. But that was so encouraging to many of us today. Like God loves us. God's going to bring us someone that's going to love everything about us despite of our past. So this has been such an amazing, like I'm so full I'm so grateful for this um, broadcast. It has been such a blessing. I don't think we have any other questions. Do you guys want to sh- um, share any last um, thoughts or comments to the, the audience? I just have one more thought on what Trisha was sharing because when you look at your life, there's redemption is real. Like there's nothing beyond God's power to resurrect and to redeem and give us beauty for ashes. And there's something in many women I've spoken with who feel like, nope, I'm the one who did the sin that was too big for God to ever really, you know, forgive or for other people, especially in the church to get past. But it's that power of the Holy Spirit. When in Romans 8, 1, when he says there's now therefore no condemnation to those who are in christ jesus there's no more judgment there's no more condemnation and once we begin to believe that when we start to say to ourselves shame off you and grace on you then you're walking in the spirit and how god sees us and his his power can flow through and there's such a difference in a life when we just try to manage our sin nature and try and clean it up or hide it or something. And when we just go, 
this is me. This is every, this is, I was on my own doing my own thing. And now I've come to Christ and I am surrendered to him and I'm learning every day. And that is irresistible. That is so beautiful. I feel like when women get that freedom, they're unstoppable mm -hmm. in whatever it is. One friend of mine who came to that point had recently emailed me and I love the email because she said, I'm 44 and I've decided I'm going to take a, I'm still single. I'm going to take a, um, a foster child. And this is because that was my heart's desire. So why can't I see God fulfill my heart's desire for a child? Why do I have to be first comes love, then comes marriage, then comes the baby in the baby carriage, you know, and just the joy of that. And for that child that she will be in their life, like that's life giving and so much power in that. And I can't wait to see like what will come out of mm -hmm. that. She's taking a big step of faith and and being obedient to what God's calling her to do. But it came when she stopped saying, okay, I, I know I messed up, but that's the path. I'm going to move on. And here's what I can do. That's, there's yeah. beauty in that. Yeah. And the, the, the image that comes to mind as we're wrapping this up is, you know, the Bible talks about we are a reflection of his glory. As followers of God, we are a reflection of his glory. So when we are looking at God and his light is shining, that reflection, the right guy, that's what he's going to be drawn to. Yeah. He's going to be drawn to the reflection of God's glory. And so just keep our eyes focused. Keep our eyes lifted. It's easy to look around and go, well, she has that. And she's getting that. And I wish I had that. And all these things, of whatever in the world. But if we keep our eyes focused on Jesus and his light reflects on us, and that is what is going to draw the right person is to see the reflection of God's glory on us. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Wow amazing i mean like i'm so full this is such a blessing like i so many you guys don't understand how many how prophetic this session is <laughs> so many confirmations just like just things that you know some of the singles they come to me and they you know they talk to me about you guys have just answered the questions i i pray that you know some of our viewers they're in different countries and stuff i hope they watch it because is so many great confirmations from the Lord through you guys, through your book, and just a lot of things that you said on today. I'm just so, so full on today. So we're going to close really um, soon because um, I don't think we have any other questions. But tell us um, where they can find you, your social media pages, um, your upcoming books, and also your website so they can follow you and follow your Facebook pages. We're both yeah. pretty easy. I'm robingun.com, R-O-B-I-N-G-U-N-N.com. And Trisha? It's just Trisha, T-R-I-C-I-A, Goyer, G-O-Y-E-R.com. And then any social media, just put in Trisha Goyer, and I will be there. And I would love to hear, like, send us a note. We love connecting with people. And we've, you know, we've gotten prayer requests from people. And then we get wedding photos. We've gotten wedding photos yes. from people. The sweetest one, I think uh, Jenny was... I think 42 and she's like, look at her. She sent us a picture. And I mean, we just love seeing that um, God answer prayers and just love praying for people and rejoicing with them too. Wow. Awesome. And you guys are invited to my wedding. I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> I'm already saying that all three of you guys. I love it. Thank you. you guys have been a blessing to my life and it's just been such a short time over the years. This has been a blessing. And now just connecting with you guys. I'm just so 
so excited. So anyone wants to close out, I'm not gonna choose, but anyone wanna close out in prayer for us? I would love to. Okay, okay. <laughs> we pray, Father, we thank you. You are the author and finisher of our faith. You are leading us in paths of righteousness for your namesake. And I pray that you would look on your daughters right now who are listening to this podcast and, and that they would see you looking at them with your deep love and that you would draw them closer and closer to your heart so that they can follow close to you. Bless them, Father. You are so good to us. We love you. It's in Jesus' name that we come before you. Amen. 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 Thank you guys so much. Thank you to my co-host, Dr. Adia Kimball, the Dear Future Wives Group, Singles Who Pray. Shout out to you guys. And thank you to our amazing guest speakers, authors, best-selling authors, Robin Gunn-Jones and Tricia Goya. Thank you so much for being on with us this evening. Thank you for taking time. And thank you for all the viewers and um, the people who will watch the replay. Welcome to our book of the month. Feel free to purchase the book. I'm going to um, link um, the, the book in the comments so you guys can get it. It's a blessing. And we hope that you enjoyed this broadcast. God bless. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs>